Yeah, I, I, I'm just not used to saying all of the things, and for some reason I was just saying it all, and I was like, oh, Ben has to say a thing, he's got to say a thing, and then you're like waving your hand, oh, shit. Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben. I'm here with Adol. Hey. Hey. How are you, man? Oh, not bad. Lazy Sunday, you know. Fair. Yeah. Nice to uh, come on, have a chat about some things, chill out, have a beer, continue the, the relaxed atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Should we jump straight into beers? Sounds great to me. What are you going to drink today? Uh, oh, which one did I want to do first? I think I will <laughs> um, start with the Whiplash Rollover Session IPA. Cool. Um, not really any flavor text, just looking. It's 3.8%. Can. Lovely little art. Mm, there is some art. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, just me. Uh, so that, that's all I've got. Is it's a session IPA from Whiplash called Rollover? What's the percentage? I already said it was three point one. Oh, three point one. I missed that. Okay, cool. I've also managed to open it and splash water um, beer <laughs> on my trackpad. Oh, oh, oh! It's, it's almost like I've not been doing this for a hundred plus episodes. Actually, <laughs> right. this might. Be my hundredth episode. Really? Actually, I think I either joined it somewhere, somewhere around four, five, or six. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also missed a few, so I think one ten will be my anniversary. We'll just declare nice. It. That's good. Yeah, we, we declare it now. Oh wow, it's super tropically smelling right off the top. Mm. Um, hazy, honey colored. Nice. Looks good. Mm, that's really nice. Um, slight citrus, some passion fruit. Um, you get the hoppiness of a of an IPA, and it does linger, but not very strongly, which of course you, is not surprising given that it's a session strength. Sure, but also that makes you it. I actually, thought it would be a wetter finish than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a good beer. Nice, nice. I'm going to drink um, a beer from Wiper and True. Oh. And it's the Phantasmagoria. Uh, it's a beer you can only get in their tap room. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about it in a minute, but we went there yesterday to drink we some did. beers. So I thought I'd get a takeout uh, of a beer that I hadn't had before because I haven't been to their tap room before. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it comes in an unlabeled, unmarked bottle because it's taken straight from the tank. Mm. Uh, so I've jumped on to Rape Beer to give some a little bit of information, but it suggests it's a 6.7%. I think that's what it said uh, on the chalkboard as well. Yeah, I, yeah. my memory isn't that good. Um, 6.7% IPA. Phantasmagoria. From Wiper and True. So. Mm-hmm. 
it's got a lovely i mean you can you, you'll be able to speak to it as well speak to it because yeah we, we both uh, had a little bit of it yesterday uh but it's got a lovely nose uh, and both of us remarked that it's unmistakably wiper and true uh, yeah it, it does have that those sort of tropical fruits but it's tempered back a little bit it's a little more balanced perhaps it's not a big hoppy sort yeah of i mean much like hit. all wiper and true beers it's it's a very um there's a lot going on it's complex it's nuanced but it's never in your face they're they're always more reserved um, but not in a bland way, which is yeah. why it's one of my favorite brewers. Mm, completely, completely, and it's uh, it's co- it's not hazy, but but it's not clear at all. It's, it's not clear. Um, quite opaque. From it, yes, yes, and it's it's kind of almost a, got a yellow tinge to it. It's more sort of the the, the color of a a saison, yeah, I think, than than a sort of an IPA. Um, Yeah, almost no head whatsoever on the beer, but the the flavour matches that nose very well. Um, this is maybe, I've had it in the fridge, maybe a little longer than I was thinking I should. Mm. It's slightly cold, uh, or slightly colder than I think I would like it, um, but it doesn't take away from it a huge amount. And you're getting those, those tropical fruit flavours coming through. Maybe a little floral, slightly. Uh, not bitter at all. Um, as a, as a, well, I say not at all. There's a slight hint of bitterness that fades very, very quickly. Uh, but it's not a big bitter f- uh, hit that that fades quickly. It's really light. Yeah, it just sits there in the background and kind of disappears quite quickly. Yeah, from uh, what I recall, it um, it's a. What's interesting is it sort of stays at the same strength and then sort of pops off. It doesn't quite... Yes. Like, its fade is really quick mm. in the sense of when it starts to fade, it goes away rather... and But it, its lingering time is probably about, what, 20 seconds or something? Like, it, it, it definitely has a finish. It's just still an understated um, bitterness. Um, and then at some point, it's just like, oh, it's gone. Versus somewhere you're like, oh, it's super strong. Now it's not. Now it's not. Now it's not. Now it's not. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much. I, I remember you yesterday saying um, that it was quite wet as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you weren't jumping back to the glass. Uh, you know, as we were conversing as well, we were both talking quite a lot. I think I was drinking uh, the Partisan uh, Belgian Pale Ale, the which Atomium, was quite dry. Yeah, yeah and I was, I was banging that back. Um, but you were, you were supping this. You weren't sort of taking, you know, jumping to it every 30 seconds or so. But... Actually, I don't know whether it's the difference between it being poured fresh from the tank or because it's now been in a bottle for a day. Mm-hmm. But actually, it does feel quite dry. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, I, I I want to, to, to jump back to it quite quickly to, to oh, refresh, my, uh, refresh my taste, my palate. But. Yeah, I definitely didn't get that at all yesterday. Um, that is super interesting. It's amazing how much can change. I mean... They literally have a spigot um, with with some airflow adjustments um, right off the tank, which mm-hmm. which I've never had a tank poured beer um, before. No, I haven't. And, it was and, nice. Yeah, and it was it was quite yeah. And I'm wondering if that's just sort of that sort of lack of dryness is just because of the, just how fresh it is in the vat, so to speak. Yeah, maybe. Mm. 
Yeah, it could be could be completely. As soon as it's put into a bottle, it, it changes its profile yeah. a little uh, in terms of sort of like mouthfeel and and how the the beer is actually living, I suppose, with inside the bottle. How it sort of sits maybe for a day and uh, how the beer works, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah beer <laughs> magic. <laughs> that beer magic, indeed. Uh, let's stick. Let's stick with beer. So we went to the Wiper and True tap room uh, because they were having a tap takeover from Partisan Brewing. In celebration for their um, collaboration, the um, Smoking Jacket Porter, a smoky Mm. porter from Partisan and Wiper and True, which we both enjoyed. We started the day, the night off with it um because you know it was the star beer of the, of the evening and um it was actually i mean again in in no, no surprise when you hear wiper and trues involved uh, that uh, it was clearly clearly smoky but not really strongly smoky yeah i think we both were prepared for smoke um because it's a smoky it's called smoking jacket it's a smoky porter you know we thought yep we know how these go and then it was kind of like oh that's smoky but like not smoky Mm. Completely, and I suppose uh, you know, saying that um, with it being wiper and true, you can understand why it's not that big hit of smokiness. But I think also partisan come with very sort of uh, nuanced flavors as well mm-hmm. that, that balance. You know, partisan balance their beers very well, also, and, and the, you know the combination of these two brewers combined has um has worked very well it was a very nice port i think the only fault we had was that it was maybe a little thin mm, yeah we weren't quite getting the the mouth feel i think we wanted from a from a from a porter a, yeah. a porter um had a little bit of sweetness to it had that smokiness which which ran through the entire flavor i think we thought we picked out some sort of berries at one point within the flavor but we couldn't quite figure out exactly what that was because it faded quite quickly um, there was almost I think we almost commented that it was a like a, a tobacco-y kind of yeah there flavor was a hint to of it as tobacco well. to it that mm. um, we weren't sure if that was just a combination of whatever that sort of berry-ness was mm. uh, with with the smoke and whether that sort of gave that or whether the tobacco was what gave us sort of the, the hint of the berryness yeah, the, the yeah. Plant. but very well made, and I think it was, it wasn't the only um, collaboration beer there. There was another one that was bottled, which I think was a Christmas beer, wasn't it? Yeah, it when was. We were reading it was nutmeg and some other stuff, which was both from Wiper and True and Partisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we, I picked the bottle up, and once we'd read nutmeg, it went back down quite quickly, <laughs> didn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> um, it's not really the time for nutmeg. I don't no, really think any time really. is the time for nutmeg. Yeah, I've never liked nutmeg in beers. No. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those Christmas spices that just not my scene. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what else did you... I'm trying to recall the other uh, beer you had. It was a stout, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it the Partisan Stout? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Do I remember anything specific about it? I think we both agreed it was kind of just a stouty stout. Yes, yeah, um, I mean, not it's not denigrating. It just sort of there was no 
sometimes we like like that smoking jacket where it was a porter that had extra things. This was just a really good example of a stout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, given all the other things we're having, I think it was kind of a bit of a letdown. Okay, um, but that's purely based on thinking there might be some crazy other things going on, and, and yeah. I think that just wasn't in in the cards for it. Do you think maybe we expect too much a lot of the time that when we're presented with just a good example of something, it, you know, we we feel a little bit let down almost because you're expecting something else to be there. Yeah, I think that's a problem with always going after these unique beers because mm. one, we we you know we don't we want to try new things and talk about them and spread the news about them. Uh, and two, you get into even if you aren't a podcaster about beer, if you if you pay attention to um, quote unquote craft beer, it's really easy uh, to get caught up in the rarity game and the new novelty game, mm. um, and then. You're always striving for new tastes, and a good example of a beer will never, by definition, will never be a new taste. So I think yeah. we've kind of spoiled our our palate via expectations, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. I think it, it's often when we're then presented with something. Uh, Lucy had on the last episode the sour IPA, right? Yeah, um, and, and didn't enjoy it, and we were we were. Um, tweeted at from uh, the Beer O'Clock Show mm. saying that Buxton make a good sour IPA, you know, oh, coming off of our conversation that maybe it's just that someone, ha- you know, or the conversation in the last episode, maybe someone has made a, a good example of this or maybe it just hasn't found the, the right brewer to, to come up. But I think any beer you can probably think of being brewed, someone has brewed a very good example of it more yeah. than likely. Uh, you know, we're now at a postmodernist beer age, aren't we? Oh God, don't oh, say that. Dear, I sound like those Scottish people. Um, Which Scottish people? The brew dogs. Oh, those Scottish people. Those Scottish people. Um, yes, yes. Uh, so, out of the the beers that you had, which did you um, which did you like the best from yesterday? The one you're subbing. Yeah, yeah, I, I really liked it. I. I, mm. I it's um, it's one of those things where it's a very unique IPA, yeah. Um, but clearly an IPA. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, IPAs because it's the f- flag holder of craft beer. Um, often people there's a lot of experimentation with the type. Yeah, and this is clearly not a standard IPA, but it still very much obeys all the 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 this classic hits of an IPA. Rather than, you know, like we in the summer, we had a bunch of very juicy IPAs. And for a while now, we've had less bitter IPAs. And this definitely lives in that category. But the bitterness, I feel like it's just, uh, that's just uh, because the character of the brewer is understated. Not, mm-hmm. not, not strength, but uh, sort of depth, right? Um, yeah. So, so, so nothing's super in your face ever from Wiper and True, but there's there's very interesting things going on on, and this is sort of an IPA from Wiper and True, so it's not going to be in your face, even though it's an IPA, and and that's I'm glad we've left the realm of always in your face IPA that was around two three years ago. Yeah. So I think this is a great example of a modern IPA because no mm-hmm. one's seeking that in your face hoppiness for the sake of in your face hoppiness anymore and this is like 
the exact opposite. It's like, oh, there's hoppiness. This is clear in IPA. It's it's not hiding it with fruit juice. It's not doing anything else. Sure. But it's also, it, it's that hoppiness, that bitterness is just there because uh, to, to the extent it needs to be, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think I had uh, one of the partisan IPAs. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a good IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing jumped out. Um but the the other beer I had was the um, as I mentioned the, the Belgian pale ale, the um, Atomium, mm-hmm. which is uh, it, it is a pale ale, but it almost feels like a saison, and I'm guessing that's because it's got Belgian yeast in it to mm. to, to drive that kind of profile. Um, and for me, it was nice, and it was good to have a beer that was doing something different, right. And it had that kind of, not wow factor to it, but it, it had its unique selling point. Uh, but for me, that I, I'm not sure whether the, the, the Belgian yeast was what gave it that kind of grapey sourness. Right. that almost feel a bit too much like a white wine. Uh, mm. And I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of white wine. I don't like the sourness that, um, or, you know, that you get from a lot of white wines or that, that combination of sweet and sour that you kind of get from them. So we'd had, you know, a couple of beers which were just good examples of what they were trying to do. Yeah. And then I have a beer which is doing something different, mm-hmm. which is giving you a very unique flavor profile. And um, at least for me, it didn't hit. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you can't have it every way, every yeah. time, all the time. Um, so which nice was your food. favorite? Um, I think out of the three... That I had, not including the the Phantasmagoria uh, or the, the the stout that you had. I think the smoking jacket was yeah, my favorite. Yeah, it's a solid beer. I, yeah. it was. It would definitely have been my number two. I just, I really love that Phantasmagoria. So mm. that's fair. It's it's it is a very good beer. I'm sat here, really enjoying this. And as I say, it's a little drier this evening than it was um, yesterday. So it's going back quite quickly. Mm. Uh, luckily, it comes in a nice. What's that, a 750ml bottle? Yeah. So I've got a decent amount of it for my evening. Um, and now I've cracked the uh, I've cracked the cap. There's I no, no going probably, back. No, I'll have it this yeah. evening. Uh, so I'll continue to drink it. Yeah. Um, have you, apart from... Oh, no, let's actually... Let's yeah, I was going to say. Let's talk about Streets of Rage. Classic. For Android, really classic, which <laughs> I discovered um, randomly on the uh, Play Store. I was installing something else earlier in the week, and I just it just popped up on recommended or whatever. I was like, "Oh wow, I'll definitely do that." That's one of my favorite games. We talked at length about it mm. when we talked with the Brewgooder folks. Yes, yeah. Um, and so I downloaded it and hadn't opened it, and um, while we were. Loitering around looking for a place to to quietly drink indoors after our first drink outdoors and the temperature dropped. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I had grabbed my phone I think to get the Wi-Fi or something, and I just mentioned uh, that that this was a thing that you mm. all had ne- not heard of, um, and so you dutifully downloaded it. And uh, actually, you weren't going to, and then I was just going to show you it, and then I found out was, there was two-player online multiplayer. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Um. Although, in retrospect, it's weird that it's only two-player. It shows how shoddy the code is for a three-player <laughs> game. I guess it's never three at a time. I take that back. 
Right, there's three characters, but it can only ever be two. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that it was, was only ever two player, yeah. Yeah, my bad. I was just thinking of that screen where you pick between Axel, Adam, and Blaze. Blade. Blade? Blaze. Blaze. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, so we, we booted it up, and after several attempts, um, we couldn't connect. I believe it was because I wasn't fully on the Wi-Fi, and it's actually local multiplayer, although it doesn't say that. Yes, yeah. Because we, we were it, trying to connect through. I was on. I was on Wiper and Shoes Wi-Fi. You were just on your network. Yeah, and it said like create a room, which suggested like a more robust network infrastructure versus uh-huh. look for a game on your local network, which is sort mm-hmm. of what could have been done. Um, but even the, it, I mean. Smack number one is even when I was on the Wi-Fi, I still couldn't connect to yours until I sort of cl- forced closed the app and then reopened yeah. it. Um, and then we got in the game. Oh, dear. How long did we last? Maybe 90 seconds, two minutes, perhaps? Probably two minutes. Uh, probably actually more, probably like three minutes. Um, uh-huh. uh, because we were just trying to play. I mean, I also forgot that... A button is your special for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder what the buttons are, and immediately hit the fucking special move. And I was like, oh, balls. Well, that's a waste. I don't even think an enemy was on screen yet. No, they weren't. We, yeah. we just started. Yeah. Um, and then we, we played, I would say, maybe a third of that first level. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, and... Uh, during that time, I think we remarked on the speed of the game about 70 times. <laughs> yeah, well, it was so slow. So slow. I, I, know, I, you know, I haven't played Streets of Rage on a Mega Drive or even emulated for a long time. Uh, and I, you know, everything, everything that you think of always comes across as maybe a little bit better than it actually was, you know. You you yeah, try to the graphics of a game from the nineties, and suddenly you see them and think that's not the game that I played. It, it looked much better than that, or you know, the gameplay was so much better than I'm being shown now. Yeah, and it, it, I'm not sure whether it has happened to me or whether this port is just extremely poor. Oh, but I'm sure it wasn't that slow. No, well, you even commented. Uh, at the 20-second mark, because I remember I was watching 22 seconds. You're like, man, even the clock seems slow. And then I just <gasps> stared at it going, 22, right. 21. I mean, we must have been playing at, what? 20. Like 75% speed or something? Yeah, it was it was clearly slow, because no timer in a game is like three and a half seconds <laughs> per number. Uh, yeah, it was awful. It was really abysmal. Like, And, and that... Uh, it wasn't one of those things where you could just adjust. It was like everything was sluggish. And because of that, you couldn't really line up with... Like, the hitboxes aren't that great in that game. Like, mm. it's really... And because of... It's a 2D side-scroller with, you know, different... You know, you can move vertically to show you're walking up and down the street. Um, across the street, I should say. And so you have to line up with with people to punch him and stuff and you couldn't really do that because your no. reaction time was just slow like you couldn't easily go and grab a guy for instance most of the times mm. i grabbed a guy was by accident or, and it's or like, me. yeah or you um and that's that's just because like i know what i need to do that's basically muscle mm-hmm. memory and and it couldn't do it with with the touch 
not the touch screens, just the slowness. I, I'm actually only my, was only mildly annoyed at the like bashing the D-pad versus knowing where I was at. But I yeah. can't tell if I was only mildly annoyed because it was so unplayable that that couldn't have been a factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, the controls did seem a little unresponsive. Uh, whether that was because it was it was running at a slower speed that it was taking a a, a bit longer. There's a little bit of input lag on what we were trying to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, overall, it's just it's just poor. We don't often sit here and um, and tell people not to play a game, but don't play this. Yeah. No. It's it's a really terrible port, um, and of which is not unsurprising. Se- Sega ports have never been the best on mobile or touch mm, mm. Um, I, but, I imagine there's probably a better way to play it through steam you know uh, sega released a lot of their sort of classic uh mega drive games uh, on steam recently uh, you could emulate them i don't know whether there's any roms which allow for any kind of multiplayer uh, across phones or anything like that but i imagine that the best way to probably play is to get yourself a mega drive get yeah yourself a cartridge and just play it with your friend on a screen mm-hmm. i think wasn't there a sega classics psn game oh there was yeah that uh, playstation was. playstation 3 xbox 360 yeah there was, yeah there was one i'm not sure i don't know whether streets of rage was on it yeah i think it I, was. I, don't, I don't know whether it, why it wouldn't be but um yeah i don't remember ever jumping back into it when i because i had that for Maybe all of a couple of months. I'm pretty sure my brother had it and lent it to me for a couple of months. I don't think I jumped into Streets of Rage. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely better ways to play it than this version. Yeah. Stay away. <laughs> it's kind of surprising how awful it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on from Streets of Rage poor ports. How you doing how you doing with your beer? Uh almost done. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you I'm going to let you lead me when you want your second one because I've only got one beer because it's right. ginormous. Yeah, you're going balls to the wall. I am um, just hitting this up this one up this evening. Uh, I mean, you can you can pour it when you wish. What is yeah. your second beer? My second beer is the um, Lurvig. Mm. Um, it's a 7.2% IPA collaboration with Cloudwater. Uh, it's, uh, it says, there's a cold beer in my fridge and I need a drink. It's... Um, nice. It has... Um, wow. Barley malt, rye malt... Uh oh, never mind. There's a bunch of other malts, but that's just the translations in the seven languages. I was like, oh wow, it's a lot of malts. No, it's just the same two. Um, it says drink now, don't wait, and that's about it. Um, and it was it was made in uh, package at Lurvig, which is a Norwegian brewery. Um, so yeah, thought I'd give another Cloudwater collaboration. Yeah, a go. As they were rated second best brewery in the world. That's right, they recently. were by a rate beer this past yes. what, week or so. 
Yeah, uh, maybe start of last week, perhaps, or start of this week. Yes, start of last week for listeners. Um, yeah, a, a lot of brewers in there that um, I've never had a beer from. Mm-hmm. A lot of American brewers. Yeah, I uh, I don't remember them uh, off the top of my head now. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> oh dear. You'd think if we were going to talk about this, we would have had it up in front no, of us. The that's... list of brewers. But we don't. Uh, no. So I imagine and, and a very we quick Google search. No, we won't. Um, I will talk about this. It's a minimal head. It's very similar in color. Maybe a little deeper, uh, a little less translucent. Um, ooh, there's some serious tropicalness going on in the... Uh, in the nose. Oh, it's quite creamy. Mm-hmm. Oh, really smooth. Hmm. Nice. I'm getting, um, it's actually quite sweet. Yeah. And there's a strong sweetness. Getting a little bit of mango. Um, hmm. It's very juicy. <laughs> okay. But, but too too juicy, like too too sweet and juicy. Um, no, not quite too juicy. Uh, it's just quite um, it's quite a step beyond. Excuse me, what the whiplash was. Hmm. Um. I think, oh, yeah, so it's, um, so it's a, it's a rye IPA because there's rye malt in it, um, okay. and that explains some of that creaminess, some of that texture I was uh, describing. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really tasty, but, um, I'm kind of missing some of the, the hoppy and the bitter. Yeah. Like, it's there, but it's... There's other stuff going on that's stronger. Mm. I think maybe that's uh, what I'm noticing. And again, I think it's just a contrast from from both the IPA we talked about yesterday and that you're having, and and the Whiplash even has a lot more of a standard um, uh, standard hoppiness. Um, I, I'm guessing there's some mosaic in here by the tropicaliness. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna have to ponder for a bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I managed to bring up the list. Mm, excellent. Um. He does list the top 10 uh, on Rape Beer for 2017, uh, but it also lists the top 100 as well uh, in alphabetical order, so it doesn't actually put them in a in an order if you go to the page. A lot of American brewers, a lot. Um, oh, wow, yeah. But the top 10, um, the ones that I know, the ones that I've... Uh, had beers from, let's say, it's Cloudwater, uh, Omnipolo, and McKellar. Evil Twin as well. Uh, I've 
other half have uh, have come across here, and they've they've brewed with a few people over over here. But I still haven't had one of their beers or even a collaboration. They did mm. some with I think Cloudwater uh, and a few other people, but uh, still haven't had still haven't managed to get one of their beers. Um, top one hundred. I mean, is, is some of the names that you know: Beaver Town, Brewdog. That's the bees. Buxton, Cantillion, obviously. Uh, Cigar City. Mm. I've heard of them. They're always uh, they're always quite highly spoken of. I have not had one of their beers though. Uh, Duggars. Our friends at the Browride de Molen are, are mm. still there. Um, yes. On the list. Yes. Uh, but the top brewer. Hill Farmstead Brewery. Which I don't know about. Never heard of them. That shows how into beer we are, eh? Yeah. Well, we're we're niche, apparently. (laughs) Local, I think we'd say. We're local. Yeah, I mean, we've got... We've had some of the other ones over the the years. Um, Like, do do you... De Ciel is, um, I brought, the I think on my first trip back from Canada, way, way mm. in the early pods, uh, those French beers like um, Trois Pistoles and uh, Fin du Monde. I don't remember which one I brought over, but we definitely tried one of those in the yeah. early days. They're on the list. Um, sure. Uh, Magic Rock, Northern Monk, Omnipolo, uh, Pohaya as well. Yeah. Nice to see them in there, Stoneman mm-hmm. Brewers. Had a few of their beers, courtesy of Beer 52 last year. That's uh, right. Sierra Nevada Siren in there as well. Yep. Uh, Colonel. Colonel, yeah. Tempest, Two Old. Yeah. So we've had a quite a few. amount. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had stuff from Voodoo before as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So It's I mean, an interesting, it's a very interesting list. Yeah, it makes me very curious about, um, I mean, next time I go to the West Coast, I'm going to have to take this list of beers and see what I can, I mean, the problem is, it's just because it might be geographically close doesn't mean that it can cross borders and get through the BC um, liquor board. Sure. Um, Because, you know, a bunch of these are West Coast beers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, California having a huge... um, representation along with Colorado less so but yeah um I'm super yeah it, it it's kind of nice knowing some but not most I would say yeah very much and it kind of cries out for us to go to um the United States to to almost just do a little bit of a beer tour really, yes with with all our time and money yes all of the the, the two things we have in abundance Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only two things that we clearly need to be able to do this. Um, it's going to definitely spur on a conversation, I think, when Lucy's back. Yeah. Um, about our uh, top brewers. Uh, you know, it's a very difficult thing to be subjective on because we've only experienced the beers that we've experienced. You know, sometimes we drink a lot more locally than we would. So you know that, at least for me, that Wiper and True would feature within that. Uh, I've had a lot of their beers. I really like their beers. They're always well made. So for me, that, that you know, Wiper and True go up there. Uh, Arbor as well. Yeah. So it, 
and it might be that we go, well, actually, we had a really good beer by this brewery, but it's the only beer I've had by this brewery, so I cannot attest to how good they are as a brewery, except within this one beer. So it'll be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, well, uh, one of the things that um, we, we did remark on when we first uh, stumbled upon this um, article was what exactly makes um, what exactly it makes a good uh, a good brewery. Yeah. Um, well, what makes one of the best? Uh, it, it, uh, we'll probably talk about this next time with Lucy to get all three of our perspectives. But like, is it just the one the wherever I had the best beer I've ever had, where or is it where I've had the 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 best representation across the whole line? Mm. Whether and what makes it what makes it best is it is it the place that figured out how to make the best beer they could make and then stayed with those recipes and don't experiment or yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure why Cloudwater um, is up there is because they they're just con con constantly um, inventing, trying, experimenting and to great success, right? But they yeah, they're sure. definitely they're collaborating all over the board. They're, I mean, just even the just the Dipper project last year was very unique and very cool, and you mm-hmm. got to sort of see into their um, their process and also participate in it, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah it, it's it's a good question um, for everyone to think of, and I, I'd be curious what um, listeners what you think, uh, what you think makes the uh, the best breweries. And uh, so you can yeah. email us at techtap underscore cast at gmail dot com, or is it techtap cast? There's no underscore, is it? There's no underscore. Not yeah, email. balls. Uh, doodly doodly doo. <laughs> that's your that's your moment to edit over, which you probably will forget. Uh, Tanked up t- underscore cast on Twitter. Yeah, tanked up underscore cast uh, on Twitter or tanked up cast at gmail.com if you prefer the emails. Yes, send us some emails. Uh, just an interesting note uh, before we move on. The uh, for rape beer, it, it's taken on. Um, the available reviews that they have had over the last year, but also on all-round performance historically, um, performance uh, for breweries across different styles. Mm-hmm. But the members of this list reflect the top-performing brewers of over twenty-four thousand listed at Rate Beer. Twenty-four thousand brewers, which is crazy. How are we going to do all of those? Um, they're uh, with purpose, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot. Well, of there's beer there's bad through. beer out there. We don't have to do all of them. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. We'll, we'll, we'll go from rate beer and just cut out all of the one and two and two and a half stars. Yeah. Um, I I do have to say, having uh, glanced at this list, that uh, our friends over at um. I've lost it now. Uh, Lagunitis, owned by Heineken, mm. their 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 pseudo craft, well, their craft but not micro slash independent, is on the list. Yeah. I find that very yeah. surprising. Mm. Mm. Could it be because of Rate Beer's new owners? Oh, yeah. Who owns them again? Didn't ABM Vev? Oh, right. Wrong and buy part of right beer. Oh, that's a completely different conversation. Yeah. I want to talk about a game. Ooh, what game? Um, I'm going to talk about this game because I know Lucy's not here and she will not want to talk about this game. 
It's Civilization VI. It's a game that you very kindly gifted me. Yes. Because you had a spare code for it. Yeah, and I uh, still haven't installed my, my code, so... <laughs> um, I've always loved the Civilization series. I say I've always loved it. I've loved it since I started playing 4. Oh, wow. Okay. It was the first, that was the first Civilization game that I jumped on. Uh, I was always an Age of Empires player. Oh, and interesting. I preferred, I preferred RTS, I think at the time that, that those games came out, to the uh, 4X, like the 4X yeah. games. Uh, but I think with Civ 4 and Civ 5, and definitely with Endless Legend, oh, yeah. uh, the 4X Legend. genre um, has grabbed me a lot more than RTS games of recent. Mm-hmm. Um, but Civilization Six is great. It builds on the Civilization games really well. Um, it's quite feature heavy for a base release. Mm-hmm. It's got some nice extras. Uh, so religion is is in is, there off the bat. Yeah, uh, it's something that you can play with. Uh, another resource or, or another another spending technique that you can employ to get units and to increase your power. You can also win through religion as well. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just opens the game up that little bit more to give you just another avenue to be able to to go down. Uh, I don't think so far I've got a preferred starting civilization. Um, I've played a few. None of them have jumped out at me yet um, as being exceedingly unique. Uh, mm, interesting. You know, of course, all of them are trying to be as balanced as possible. So yep. you... you you have, you know, maybe a, a unit which does very well in a certain time period, um, but you know, before they're going to be upgraded to whatever the Renaissance version. Yeah, of that, that I mean, that is. Go on, sorry. Uh, and uh, or they have, you know, bonuses to where they start or what building that they put within their civilization and stuff. So everything seems quite well balanced at the moment. Um, I think my problem with. Um that specifically in Civ games and and Forex in general is that um, is that uh, that yeah that balancing act if not done well ends up just being uh, it just makes you feel like you're playing skins of the same thing yeah yeah very much and one of the things I, I like about some games that are in the pipeline is that uh, the developers are claiming that they're just not looking for perfect rock paper scissors cloned uh, across across the board. The balance will be more jagged, but ideally mm-hmm. still balanced. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I find that um, when I played through Civ Five, I didn't. I, I played it a little bit um, and. It didn't grip me the same way, and maybe it just wasn't in the mood, but, like, it just... None of the um, nations really stood out differently. Sure. And so it really felt like there wasn't a big deal to... Like, the replay, based on exploring the options of the game, wasn't there. The replay was just, do I like this type... Like, playing these another empire. Like yeah, I, and I, I think that's the same for Civ Six. Okay, I, 
I, I think that's one of the things that Endless Legend did really well, that the the different civilizations were so different right. um, that actually they were graded. If you wanted an easy run, play as this. If you wanted a slight challenge, play as one of these right. races. Or if you wanted a really big challenge, play as one guy. of these. Right. It changes up the play style completely. You've got to do something. You've got to think about this completely differently. Uh, and Endless Legend did very well at being able to balance them whilst giving you different options in how to actually play. Right. Uh, whereas Civ Six is that this is how the game plays and here's the different things you can be right that all fit within how you know some of some of them do have more of a skew towards a certain kind of uh, of win right so from the off one one race might give you more in religion so right. once you know it's going to push you to, to to be able to build on that and to go for a religious victory, or or one might be more based on culture or science. Right. Or, or, you know you get you get two um, war units rather than one, so it pushes you a little bit more to a domination victory. Right. Um, so it does that, and perhaps you can find your own difficulty in thinking. Well, I'm going to be this. You know, race which skews a little bit more towards science, but I'm going to try and go for a religious victory. Right. And you kind of you put your own difficulty onto it, um, but the game doesn't sort of present that to you. Yeah, I, I suppose. mean, I guess that's that's one thing. I mean, people often make this comparison between 4X and RTS games. Mm-hmm. Is that? It's a lot more common to have that strict diversity sure. in an RTS. Um, and they just have, because they don't have to worry about these long-term, like the scale is different. You're just on a map yeah, and you are in the map. So it's a lot easier to have your rock, paper, scissors be still there, right? So there's no clear mm-hmm. o- OP class or race, I should say, but still have a very different play style. And I feel like that's, yeah. I get that that's a lot harder to do over the decades and ages, I guess is probably a better term. But it is yeah. something that kind of sucks about um, most, well, at least the Civ games. I haven't played Endless Legend ever or in a long time. If the, the In time and long enough that I don't remember anything about it or ever. Um <laughs> And that I mean I uh, so Civ Two was the was my first Forex game and I fucking loved it. I was playing. I was at my buddy Daniel Merson's house back in like the fifth grade or fourth grade, and um, and uh, he introduced me to the game and I just ignored him for hours at his own house playing his computer. I enjoy how you you remember his full name. Yep, I sure do. Not just Dan. Nope, Dan Merson. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes when you get a game like that, it really does grip you. It, it kind of becomes your your touchstone for every other example of that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I would always compare MMOs to EverQuest. Right, yeah. Because it grabbed me so much that I would just think, okay, well... What's this doing better than EverQuest? Yeah, it's, it's the one Obviously, that... lots of games now do lots of better than EverQuest because it's a game from 15-odd years ago. Oh, but that doesn't but... mean they do it better. 
<laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you always, you always think back to these, uh, I, I, these touchstone moments. I believe the expression you're looking for is, "You always remember your first. Oh, yes, that's very true. You do, and you, in in some cases, you judge every subsequent one based on your first. Like, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> The, the metaphor goes goes awry there. Um, but, like, I, I, I was a, a Mortal Kombat person. I didn't ever yeah. own Street Fighter until much later. And my version of fighting games that I like are not super combo-heavy and counter-heavy because of it. Because mm-hmm. I just... I've never... Like, the, the, I liked... Except for like blocking, it was more avoidance and trying to get your move off quicker, but not with the ability. Like Mortal Kombat never really had a way to counter a special move except for block, right? There was no way to do some sure. of the fancy footwork you can do in Street Fighter. And I just never got into that type of game because button mashing and knowing a few special moves was what I thought fighting games were, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I've not, I've not, uh, I've not fixed that. That's just that's my favorite type of fighting game is kind of just winging it and and or knowing a few choice things. Mm, mm. I I think I sort of um, staying with the fighting games. Um, I think for me, I always enjoyed the Street Fighter games. Uh, but then once I started playing Tekken, which was a more combo heavy. Um, right. type of game I kind of almost upgraded to those right? Uh, and then started to enjoy that more combo heavy kind of game but then I've languished a little bit because I'm not a fan of um, Injustice mm. uh, which is very technical it's very combo heavy um, you can get really into a lot of detail right. uh, on exactly how you're going to you know undertake taking down somebody else yeah um and i think did that did that bleed into uh, the newest mortal kombat game as well because it was was it built on the same engine as, as injustice, injustice one mortal yeah 10, i believe or mortal so. kombat x or whatever yeah. it was yeah. mortal kombat yeah. x yeah so it's 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 one of those where i think i hit my limit with something like tekken and i don't right. want anything a little you know anything more complicated than that and i i think that you can say the same for something like civilization versus endless legend that Civ does something very well, mm-hmm. and it will continue to do that very well, and add more features and expand a little bit upon how you can play that game. But if you want something a little more in depth, something yeah. that that changes up your playstyle a little bit, you've got to go to a different game. And yeah, and for me at least, Endless Legend filled that gap, and I wanted that next step, right? Almost. So. Civ Six, it's it's good. It's fine. It's I'm fine. enjoying it. I will, I will, I will play it, and oh, I will good. probably play quite a lot of it. You know, I think I still think Civ Five is my most played game, uh, hours wise on Steam. Oh wow! Um, and I I can see Civ Six overtaking it. Perhaps fills that hole. Mm, yeah, maybe. Wait till Endless Legend Two comes out. I suppose. <laughs> well, do you know when that's expected? No, I don't. Uh, Endless Space 2 only came out last oh, year. Yeah, it's quite recent. 
Yeah, it is. It is. So I can't imagine Endless Legends this year. Maybe, maybe late next year, perhaps. But I mean, Civ Six has got some room to to breathe at least. Yeah, uh, and that's only obviously considering those two games and not all of the other four X yeah. style games uh, that are coming out. There's there's another one which the name of it escapes me. It's like Driftlands or something like that. Uh, which looks very cool from the information that's been put out there. Uh, Interesting. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I might be getting the name wrong. Drift worlds, drift lands. It's a drift. Like it's I, I don't floating know. islands in the sky. You can you can pull them towards you to give yourself more land to be able to use and, and right. things like this. So looks hmm. interesting. Not interesting enough that I remember the name of. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Let's talk about beers. Sounds good. Um, Out of the gonna, two that you had, oh, sorry. I was going to say just for the um, there's a cold beer in my fridge and I won't need a drink. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I think what it is is that that the rye malt gives that creaminess and then there's okay. it the sweetness that's there. I wanted to just it, it's like a like a sweet orange. So there's a slight citrus yeah. to it, but it's not giving any like tang. Clementine. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's no tang to it, which is why I didn't quite notice the citrus flavor. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a sweet citrus. Um, cool. With a little bit of tropical fruit as well, but it's um, it's it's a very good beer. But I think I might like the Whiplash more, the rollover. Ooh. Um, I, I, and I think it was just because it's it's it was um. I, I think it's just because I have juicy IPA fatigue. Yeah, so this is a fun. great this is a great juicy IPA, but it wasn't what I was looking for tonight. Like I just wanted something with a little more boldness in its IPA rather than something that hides mm-hmm. sort of the central IPA character. Yeah, I suppose the problem is you don't know that until you've had it. Mm-hmm. So when you pick this, you, you pick the beer to be able to drink. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's an IPA. It might be a juicy IPA, sure. Why not? I'll try that tonight. But actually, when you have it, you think, actually, I'm just not in the mood yeah, and for this kind of beer tonight. That's one of the problems of, of little information on the very fancy art, um, with the fancy art on the label. It's just like, okay, it's it's an IPA. It's, what did I say, 7.2%. Like, it's by Lervig and, and Cloudwater. It'll be good don't know what it'll be yeah yeah um i suppose we could like try and look at like reviews and stuff to try and carry it out but it's just um that seems n- not in a good spirit of experimentation so it's a, it's a great um lightly it's not even that ju- like juicy it's a lightly juiced ipa um the sweetness from the juice comes out not sickly in kind of a uh kind of like a citrusy one so a good level and it just um but it just wasn't what i was feeling tonight yeah, that's fair, man. That's fair. Um, I have one bit to talk about. The Phantasmagoria from Wiper Drew, which we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, it, it's good. Uh, even, you know, I've got maybe an inch left in the bottom of this uh, 750ml mm. bottle. Um, just a little bit left in my glass. It's going down very easily. Mm. Uh, it's, what what was it, about 6.5%, something like that? Six, six seven. seven, yeah. Uh but it goes down so easily. It's very sessionable. Yeah. Um, I I think even after this, I could have another uh, another pint at least. Um, I don't know. We yesterday we were only drinking um, two thirds, weren't yeah. we? 
two thirds of a pint for everything that we were served. Uh, but yeah, this is this is so easy to drink. Yeah, and it's good as well. It's very well made. It's so balanced that 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 fruitiness it comes through, but that so that light bitterness right at the end just rounds everything out. Every it rounds it out, and everything is so balanced all the way through the flavour. Um, it's a, it's definitely a good beer if you're only having one beer. Yeah, yeah, I would I would I would definitely support that from my experience. Um, I will ask, given that it's only available in at Wiper and True, and either you're at the tap room and getting it in the tank like I did yesterday, and you had some mm-hmm. sips, um, or you're getting a takeaway bottle now that it's sort of warmed up a little from the fridge. Um, yeah, I just curious comments on how it feels if you can recall how it tasted yesterday from direct from the tank versus. This one day aging the bottle because you had some comments before, and I'm just wondering if you want to reform them or if that. Like no, I think maybe the more I've drank and the the warmer it has, it's a little wetter now. Okay. Than it was when I first started drinking it, and it might be because we'd had a beer previously to having it yesterday. Right. That we were kind of already prepped for it, and mm-hmm. that made it maybe a little bit wetter. But yeah, a, a glass down. And it's it's slightly wetter, not okay. much. I, I'd still consider this a dry, you know, from the bottle. I'd still consider it dry. Interesting. It's just a little wetter than when I first started drinking it, uh, which might help with the sessionability as well. Um, that it's it's made me slow down a little bit the amount that I'm drinking. Right. Um, so I start off hot and heavy, banging back, you know, the first half of my glass, slow down slightly, and now. No, I'm on my second glass. I'm on the second half, or the last half of my second glass. And actually, no urge directly. Uh, there's, there is not a huge urge yeah. to go back. I, my mouth is dry, and I do want a little more, but the taste lingers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Flavor profile hasn't changed. Okay, I'm still getting a, a you know very well balanced tropical fruity, um, but a tempered kind of right. fruitiness. It's coming through, but. Actually, I can't discern any specific fruit. Right. It's almost like a blend of, of a flavor. different, yeah. different flavors I, I going I definitely on. found that as well. I couldn't pinpoint any specific notes. And I, when I first had a sip, I wasn't sure if that was just because um, I had some of the previous beer on. But I don't recall that changing, really. It was just... Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very good beer. Great. If uh, we mentioned it before, but if you want to give us your thoughts on the beers we've had or suggestions on which of the top 100 beers we should hunt down, um, mm. you can reach us at tankedup underscore cast on Twitter, tankedupcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, tankedupcast, or on the Out of Lives page as well. Where That's right. We're housed by outoflives.net. You can reach Ben directly at... At Nova underscore 47. And me at the Omniarch on all of the things except Twitch. Uh, if you like the podcast, please tell your friends. It, it expands our reach. Uh, give us a rating or review on our iTunes. That also helps expand our reach. And, you know, we just want a, a broader conversation. Um, uh, yeah, in general, we'd love to hear from you. And, um, yeah. I had a thing to say, and I've lost it. So I will also say goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Very uh, awkwardly and premature, but whatever. Yep. Ciao. (laughs)